presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome in to tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the Buffalo Sabres 3-2. The final score in this one, Vegas now falls to 8-9-0 on home ice. One game below 500. And to help us break this one down, we bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, we're, we're back here again with the Golden Knights. Two goals or less on home ice. It's really difficult to win games that way. I, I, I don't really know outside of just having a game where things break in your, in your favor or you get a bounce or two. Uh, the Golden Knights right now just not confident with the puck in the offensive zone. At least it seems that way. Yeah, and certainly not to start. The Golden Knights have built this record, uh, and we remind you, still best in the Western Conference right. despite the 8-9 record, and uh, they have done it with so much first-period success, outscoring opponents by a factor of plus 21. Nobody scored in today's first period. Knights trailed one nothing after the first period last game. And uh, without that first-period cushion, the, the second period looks rather bleak. Knights are now minus 11, including today plus the previous 33 games, a minus 11 for the season. They've scored 27 and given up 38. Well, that's not good, but it's been sustainable because the Knights have been so good in the first period. And the third is, you know, kind of hit or miss. You know, they've had some great comebacks. They've also allowed other teams to come back and win games. So it's really been great first, uh, not so good in the second, and kind of pick and choose your third period, plus four and one in overtime. Now, I say all of that because the Knights, despite wanting to start strong, Looks like, you know, they're, they're trying to follow a game plan and not make mistakes, maybe overthinking things a little bit. But you also have the effect of trying to get all four lines involved. Mm-hmm. And right now, without Jack Eichel, the, the middle of the lineup is just not what you'd want it to be. So, for example, Phil Kessel gets the opportunity to play with Stevenson and Stone for two yeah. games in a row, at least to start. But guess what? He was on the ice for the second and third Buffalo goals, Mm -hmm. and in the third period, he totaled 42 seconds. Now, for Phil Kessel, obviously he's not going to be happy with that, but the reality is they can't find a way for him to click at even strength where he can somehow be helpful offensively. Remember, he put up a terrific offensive assist total last year as a member of the Coyotes, eight goals and 44 assists. Right now he's at 6-6 and for 12 points. I think you'd expect more from Kessel on a team that's a lot better than last year's Coyotes. It's just not happening. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy wanted the opportunity for Kessel that he could rise to the occasion, get more out of him with Stevenson and Stone. But guess what? The best player with Stevenson and Stone today was Mike Amadio. Yeah. And uh, the third line, obviously, is is not playing very much otherwise. And uh, so the Knights in the third period, you're, you're pouring it on. But you're you're thinking to yourself, how come they can't do this in the first period? And the answer is, well, you know, you, you got to use more than half your team in the first period. Otherwise, you know, you'll have guys playing, you know, 35 minutes. And so that's why it, it doesn't happen from the outset. So, uh, you know, you you wonder what it'll look like come the next home game. Uh, because, you know, it's not like they've played poorly here. Right. But they have not been opportunistic. Yeah, I, I think opportunistic is, is the perfect way to put it. And for a Golden Knights team that, as you mentioned, Dan, is, is now minus 11 in the second period, uh, it, it just felt like once Buffalo got that first goal, it snowballed on the Golden Knights. Mistakes crept into their game. Um, why Do you have a reason as to why the Golden Knights have had such a struggle in second period specifically? 
You know, I was thinking about that, Ryan. I don't have an answer. Yeah. But the sample size is large enough now as we approach, you know, the, almost halfway through the season, this game 34, halfway would be 41. Uh, that the Knights are very good in first periods, not so good in second periods, and mediocre here at home after a good start. They, they've just hit a skid. Now, again, they're without some of their better players. There's no Jack Eichel. There's no Shea Theodore. Zach Whitecloud is not the offensive weapon that Theodore and Eichel are, but mm -hmm. still, uh, you know, that, that has an impact. There's a trickle down there, and, um, you know, maybe that's part of it. As it relates to the second period, I, I, I wish I had something better. But I think it's a little bit more than a fluke. Bruce Cassidy has pointed out that, you know, things will come back to the mean. Law of averages say the Knights' road record might not keep up this pace of 14-2-1, that the home record ought to eventually improve, and so on and so on. Uh, but, you know, th this isn't 10 or 15 or even 20 games. It's 34 now. Um, and I wonder if there is a better solution because they, you know, clearly today they came out you know, terrific in the third period. Yeah. But again, is like, can you can you play that way earlier on? Can you come out and start the second period by playing, you know, only your top two lines and only your most offensive defensemen? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they should try that. But uh, other than, than making that drastic adjustment, I'm not sure that there is a clear threat as to why. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right on the money there because for the Golden Knights, you look at the, the push that they had in the third period, 23 shots to just five for the Buffalo Sabres. I think the Sabres tank was pretty empty, but it was a strong push from Vegas. And, you know, you, you can do that for a 20-minute stretch when you're, when you're chasing the game like the Golden Knights were. But I guess the biggest key is trying to find a little bit of consistency that you can rely on in the middle of your lineup. And, and I think that, you know, that's probably going to be a challenge to Phil Kessel, right? Yeah, it's a challenge to Phil Kessel. And, you know, Carrier Watt and Kolasar have been playing well. But the mm -hmm. thing that hasn't happened lately for that group is converting yeah. and scoring a goal. I mean, Carrier's got nine, you know, but he's been, been there for a while. Nick has been at five for a while. Kolasar has been stuck on three for a while. So, you know, that group is continuing to play well. They're just not finishing. And I think that's part of what's missing uh, right now. Uh, you know, it's it's... You know, it's one of the reasons why they're the fourth line and they're not regulars higher up in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure that there is an obvious way of saying, all right, the fourth line needs to convert. Um, but that that is one of the reasons why, um, you know, some other clubs uh, do find themselves atop the standings. It's because they get depth scoring well, right now. Um, you know, and Gary talked about this today, comparing the Knights bottom six to the Sabres bottom six. Now, Olofsson's got 13. Mm -hmm. uh, Carrier on the night side has nine, but there's there's not much else. So, uh, again, you can't play your top guys the whole game. Um, you know, so maybe there's – maybe Mike Amadio stays with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that changes. The, I, I, I don't know. Is there someone else in the American League that you'd like to see? You know, maybe a veteran guy. Maybe some – I don't know. You know, Rempel or Fraze or something. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's an answer, but, you know, I mean – as much as you appreciate Lecision and Ronbjerg, uh, neither of them have points yet. Lecision in 15 games, Ronbjerg in three. I I'm not sure if there's something uh, something else worth trying. All right. Well, Dan, any th any final thoughts on this game before we turn our attention to Wednesday night and the Arizona Coyotes? I wonder what, um, you know, Hill starts today. You know, Buffalo has gone through this stretch because they've, they've alternated goaltenders. Mm. I wonder, you know, if um, if... 
instead of Thompson starting two out of three and Hill just getting one, I wonder if, if it goes back and forth here for a little bit. I'd expect Thompson to play the next game against the Coyotes. But then again, you know, Hill used to play for Arizona. Uh, just just a little thought there. And who would you, would you rather have, Hill against Arizona or St. Louis? I don't know. But, um, you know, that that's another aspect that we haven't really talked about because the Knights' uh, scoring woes have been more the issue. But, you know, Hill, Hill made some good saves again today. I mean, he only saw 18 shots and gave yeah. up three, but, but still he made a few really impressive saves. All right, Dan. Well, as always, great job on the call tonight. We will chat with you on Wednesday. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duba, helping us break down a 3-2 loss at the hands of the Buffalo Sabres. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. STN Sports. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Play insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall three to two to the Buffalo Sabers. Vegas eight and nine on home ice. One game now below 500 at T-Mobile Arena. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and for you know a, a Golden Knights team that was looking to start better, uh, they territorial had territorially had the uh, run of play in the first period. However, Aiden Hill early on had to make our AAA insurance save of the game. There are no shots for about 15 minutes. There's one in the glove saved by Hill. Oh, Nelly. Triple A is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you out smart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. Triple A, outsmart life. So because of that Aiden Hill save, we would go into the second period scoreless. For as structured and disciplined as the Golden Knights were defensively in the first period, the second period saw them struggle again with coverages and rush chances. Buffalo opened the scoring on the rush as Alex Tuck set up Jeff Skinner's 16th goal of the year. Buffalo shoots and scores. In transition, the top line for Buffalo strikes. Two minutes into the second period, Jeff Skinner, his 16th of the year. Jeff Skinner from Alex Tuck and Lawrence Pilot at 1.53 the second period made it 1-0 Buffalo. Six minutes later, Tage Thompson took advantage of a failed Golden Knights clearing attempt as he toe-dragged around Nick Haig, waited patiently for Aiden Hill to go down, then he ripped home his 26th of the year. Ben Hutton deep in his own zone. Started it ahead towards Kessel. Stripped loose. Sabres get it. Right side. And no shot from Thompson. Now he rips it home. Tage Thompson. All sorts of patience. Tage Thompson from Casey Fitzgerald at 7.15 of the second period made it 2 to nothing Buffalo. Then later in the period, the Sabres would win a faceoff and add to their lead as Lawrence Pilot scored his first of the year. Buffalo wins the left circle draw. Score from the left point. The drive from Lawrence Pilot got through. It's his first goal. Lawrence Pilot, his first from Kyle Ocposo and Peyton Krebs. 13-28 of the second period made it 3 to nothing, Buffalo. So the Golden Knights trailing 3 nothing, needed a strong push to start the third period. They would break the shutout early as Chandler Stevenson converted on a breakaway. Out ahead. It's a lead pass. Stevenson burrows in. Down the middle. He shoots. He scores! Got the pass blue line to blue line. Low center of gravity. Charged right up the middle of the ice. 
Chandler Stevenson gets the Knights on the board. Now trailing 3-1, four minutes into the third period. Eighth goal of the year for Chandler Stevenson. The assist of Michael Amadio and Alec Martinez. Three minutes, 54 seconds into the third period. Had the Golden Knights on the board. A 3-1 lead for Buffalo. Let's head downstairs to head coach Bruce Cassidy. When you look at the process, I guess, you know, you are creating offense. We didn't finish well enough we scored on one bench there, he got us some juice, but early on we missed some open nets in the power play. So you'd hope with the level of players that are missing, you know, that those will even out, right? So that, that's the hope, if you keep generating at some point, we will finish those plays. And we, and we did some of them in the third, obviously. And on the flip side, the, the, the first period, I don't think we gave up. We gave up one one scoring chance. I think they hit the post on an offensive zone faceoff. I'm not sure if it was blocked or whatnot. So we wanted to come out and not feed their transition, right, because that's what they're very good at. So there were some positives in that regard in between. Obviously, we had some breakdowns. So for me, the feeling is if we had a defended better in the second period, we, you play through these lulls where you're not scoring, and you win a two-to-one game if you had to. We did it against Philadelphia. We're right there against Boston, and then they score uh, in the third. So there's a little bit of that mentality as a coach. You hope the guys would, would push through. So because you know we did both their goals, I mean, you know we could have defended better. And then it goes down to that you know when they get goaltending performances like that in their building tonight, the Islanders. You need to match that in Nets, right? If that's what they're going to do, you need to match it. And you look around the league, the team that gets that, those types of performances generally win. Um, so there's a little bit of that involved. Jesse Granger with The Athletic. What, what's your concern level on how heavily you're playing the top players with just kind of rolling three lines in the third? Well, this was catch-up day, so I mean, Jake and Ronnie don't have a goal at this level. and. Um, so there's a little bit of, if we're going to try to win the hockey game, that's what we had to do tonight. Certainly hope we don't have to do it on Wednesday, Friday. They've played well for us uh, when they've played in general, but you know, if the offense isn't coming when you're not scoring, right, you, then you got to, you know, you, as a coach, I think you lean towards the guys that have done it. So we need a little bit of secondary scoring, obviously, right now. That carried us a long way early on. So we'll carry your score. And, and Nick Wad and Cole, that, that line was chipping in. The back end was. And right now that's gone a bit dry. Um, secondary scoring, our back end scoring. That's why you got to be able to win those two to one. Like I said, two two tonight could have been enough to win. It really could have. You know, we could have got the, uh, the six on five goal. And if we get one more save, now you're into overtime, just like the other night. So. There's a little bit of that. We need the, we need a few more saves here if we're not going to score, right? That's just the way it is. So uh, we outscored maybe some of our defensive deficiencies in Winnipeg, so we're able to do that. We got, you know, so there, there's different ways to look at it, but I don't want to tax our players every night to answer your question. No, of course not. But, you know, Jack's out as our leading scorer, so other guys are going to have to step up, and I think offensively a lot of guys the top has. I mean, they've, they've got good numbers, but... We need a few other guys to pitch in here or there, or like I said, be a better defensive team so that you can win 2-1 to one until your scoring comes around. I mean, those are the choices. Um, and uh, that's what's in front of us, so that'll be the EMO on, on Wednesday. We'll say this, when they're out for the power play and six on five, it's not as taxing 
on the body because it's not physical minutes. You, you are competing for loose pucks, but um, you know it's not quite as stressful. So the quality of the minutes matters too for, for guys. If you're playing, say, Mark Stone on the penalty kill and D-zone draws and, and protecting a lead, those are harder minutes. Um, so that that's something we've got to be mindful of a guy like Mark that did this time last year. <clears throat> With uh, Lindsay and Chris and Kelly. Lindsay Brown, Lotus Broadcasting. Did the scouting report on Lokanen indicate weakness on shots down low? On who, sorry? On their goaltender. Um, if I remember, that's uh, Sean Burke's area. He posts a video. Um, I, if I remember him over the years being fairly quick down low. He's a good, typical Finnish goaltender that, that cover the bottom half of the net very well. Usually have to get it up or get second chances, get him moving. Obviously, we create a lot of pretty good looks. So, my scouting report right now is he's pretty damn good goaltender. Is what, what I would say. He's very competitive. Uh, he competed. A, you know, Nick Waz line. They, they generate offense in a different way by going to the crease and top of it. And he was able to find pucks and then get pushed off the spot. So, obviously, um, full value for the win for him. Coach, uh, Chris Golick locked on Vegas Golden Knights. Do you feel the team is just snake bitten at home right now, possibly the second period as well? And have you been a part of a team that has had as much opposite results uh, on the home on the home side and on the road side? Uh, I'd have to think that through. Um, I would say I'll go back to Boston because that's where I just came from. We had a very good home record. They do again this year. It's just a building that played well in over the years, but. I think we had a good road record as well. It kind of balanced itself. So I, I still believe we'll balance this out. I really do. Um, sounds like I'm repeating myself from the other night against the Islanders. But I thought we generated enough tonight to win. And I think the analytics and the chance reports and all that will back that up. Some of it's third period driven. But the way the league's gone this year, there are a lot of comebacks. You know, we saw it in Boston where we had a lead and they came back. We've, we On the road, we've had to... You know, Columbus, we had a lead, they, we had to win it. So you're seeing teams push back, so I'm not going to discount that we, we've pushed back the last two games. Just, I don't know if snake fits the right word. Some of it is we're off net, right? If you're off net, that's that's not on the other team. It's on it's on us. So, um, you know, the, the breakaways, I mean, you make a good move and they make a save, you got to tip your hat. So, yeah, we, we, would, we would expect we'd score a little more. We have um, guys in the room that can do that. So, um That'll be the ask, because we're just going to have to bear down a little more on our chances. I hope the, the guys that go to the net for second chances type of players, the Will Carriers, the Nick Waz, they just keep playing their game, because eventually I think it's volume for them. They keep getting there. Um, the guys that are a little more uh, sniper type of guys, then, then obviously that, that's something you hope to get their sights squared away. Ken. Ken Not Vegas. What did you like about Amadio's game that led you to move him up to that first line? Well, it's less about him, more about who was there that, you know, wasn't getting it done. So, you know, you got to go to a plan B and C sometimes. You know, we've lost, you know, Jack. So that that's already one guy gone from that top line. And we actually used Brett Howden to start the year up there, and I thought he did a really good job with Stevie and Stoney before we moved some people around. He's not available. So just sort of go down the line. Then, you know, now we're, we're grooming Paul Cotter to do a good job and there, go to the net. So we're at plan D now, right? So Amo's kind of plan E right now. And... You know, we're going to do our best to, to, to slot someone in there that'll help us win. So, you know, I don't have an easy answer on that one. We've tried, what did I say, four guys, and 
Um, we'll keep, we'll keep, and if it happens to be Ammo that compliments him the best, then, then hopefully he can get it done. It's just, those guys are not going to replace Jack. You can't expect them to, but if they could pitch in here and there, and Paul was doing that, and then how he did a little bit of it early on, um, and, and maybe Ammo's the answer, um, and, or maybe you've got to move someone, someone, maybe a Will Carrier goes up there, he scored some goals this year, but that now affects another line. So now you're breaking apart something that worked well. So we, we have to, have some patience with that and as I said the secondary scoring part of it needs to help us through here well until we get healthy. Last three here, Ben, Chris and Danny. Ben Goats Las Vegas you don't know, Bruce just to follow up on that. Was it something you didn't like about Phil's game on that top line or just how the top line was working as a unit? Uh, I, I, you know you know Phil was in fairness I don't know how much he's played the left side we had a conversation about it you know, Phil over his career has played with good offensive players, so he, sometimes you just assume, well, smart player will figure it out, but he hasn't been strong on pucks on that side of the ice and uh, hasn't, you know, sort of comp finished plays. And um, so at the end of the day, you, you know, again, you got to, when you're behind you, you try something else. So, um, you know, I think with Phil, it's, there's also the defensive part of things. Like, Stevie's going to play against, and Stone are going to play against good players. I'm not going to. Just throw him against the fourth line all night. We, we might get a mismatch up on an icing where we want a certain face-off situation on zone. But in general, they're going to play against good players. And whoever's up there, be it Phil or anybody, has to respect that and, and play a 200-foot game. And I think that's where I can't say enough about Jack and his commitment to doing that. Brett Howden was doing it. I think Paul Cotter was learning. We were, you know, again, younger guy that we were our job to coach him up. So um, that's where Phil hasn't given us the same area of a 200-foot game that those other guys have. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Early in that first period, they had a guy maybe lose his cool a little bit, took a couple penalties. I know you were looking for a fast start, so how disappointing was it that you guys were unable to take advantage of, of those early power plays and, and, and get well, up that, in front? Well, that, that, you know, again, playing with the lead at home, right? And that's where our power play's been very good lately. Very good. And we got the, you know, Marshy has a good look off the elbow. It's off net. Stoney's all alone in front. You know, who knows? If you hit the net, even if he saves it, you may have your second chance. Buffalo's PK, their D will play away from the net. So anything that's on net, you might get a second chance. Or anything that's just even kind of, doesn't even have to be a, a grade A, but it gets through. Miro Manoff makes a great play to, to Carlson. It looks like half the, you know what I mean? Like there's an opportunity there. It's off net. So these are two. Guys have been on the power play a lot, so unfortunately they weren't able to cash in. So to answer your question, and I think Stoney had a play backdoor to Stevie, could have wiped across too, so we had our low two-on-one. So the things we were looking for, I think we got the what we wanted, but we didn't execute the last piece of the puzzle. So yeah, I think tonight our power play could have got us a lead and got us some a lot of juice. Um, it didn't happen. Um, and that's unfortunate because... You know, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, the secondary scoring, power play, things like that that can help you win games. It, 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 this is what happened in Chicago, right? We score early in a power play, get a lead, and you just feel a little more comfortable. So it would have been nice. <clears throat> Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Is, is there a solution to what's going on in the second period coming out of the gate and starting out slow, or is there? Is it just... Well, this, I mean, I can, I can go through every game, but I, I, I'll go through tonight's. We... Turn the puck over in the neutral zone on the attack, right? So that's going to happen. We're trying to make a play. We return to D zone. One of our forwards is in a perfect spot, but it sticks in the wrong lane, and the pass goes right by him, and that's disappointing to me. It's a veteran guy. We talked about it before the game against, I mean, they're the, 
the majority of the pre-scout is on Tuck's line. Let's face it, they're hot, or Thompson's line and Skinner, whatever, whoever you want to label it. Uh, they've been really good for them. And then the penalty kill, right? So we did a great job in the first kill, didn't take any more. So we've taken care of that part of the game. Now we've got to shut down that line. We don't do a good job. They make a seam pass, right? You know, really disappointing we didn't kill that play. So now they've got the lead. Um, next goal was, uh, who was it? It was Thompson, right? Well, you know, we, we went down this road about the breakout pass and, you know, our left winger didn't handle the puck clean. He turns it over right inside our blue line. Now you got a guy coming down in our D and then we don't put out the fire of the same guy coming back. So this is two fires to put out in your own zone against good players. The plays were in front of them. We didn't make defensive plays to do that. So I... I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it was a free-for-all in the second period. We didn't make those plays defensively, and it's that's the part of the game right now that we have to execute better if we're not scoring. You know? And that's, you know, that'll be talked about again tomorrow because it's a little bit against the Islanders, some of the same things that we needed to do better. Um, and we better do it against Arizona because they've got offensive players too. So that's how I saw our second period tonight. I didn't think it was terrible. I just Those are plays that we're doing consistently you know, maybe because we're thinking on the, the get going the other way too quick. I will say this, there may be a tendency when you're down a goal at home, you want to score the next goal right away. You want to tie the game up in the next shift, everyone going over the boards instead of like, okay, guys, listen, it's one goal. Just Let's just play, get back to our game, and, and eventually if you outplay them, you'll get your, your opportunity. You don't have to tie the game right away. And I think we have a bit of that attitude where we get away from our game and sometimes it can you know, bleed into now making a you know, two wrong, whatever. I don't want to say two wrongs don't make a right, but it just gets away from you. And, and that's my job, to make sure the guys stay with it. And, um, you know, again, the second period is a bit of that again. <clears throat> Thank you, Bruce. Yep. Appreciate it. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 3-2 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. When we left you with the highlights, the Golden Knights had just gotten on the board as Chandler Stevenson scored his eighth goal of the year. Midway through the period, Jonathan Marchessault was hauled down on a breakaway. He was awarded a penalty shot, but couldn't beat Uka Pekalukkanen. starts wide left. The righty comes down the middle. He delays. He shoots. Stopped. Lukanen gave him no opening. So Uka Pekalukkanen makes a big-time save on a penalty shot, and with Aiden Hill off for the extra attacker, Vegas made it interesting as Riley Smith scored his 17th goal of the year. Petrangelo again, looking right. Smith top of the circle, he shoots, he scores! They're not done yet. Riley Smith from the top of the right circle. His 17th goal of the season. The Knights strike with a six on five manpower advantage. They now trail three to two with 2.21 to go. Riley Smith from Alex Petrangelo and William Carlson at 17.38 of the third period made it 3-2 to two, Buffalo. And the Golden Knights would continue to push with Aiden Hill out of the net, but the Golden Knights would fall just short as all that was left in this game was the final call. 1.5 to go, left circle draw. Type of the draw, and it's cleared at the horn. The puck goes into the goal, it won't count. Game is over anyway. Final score, Sabres 3, Knights 2. Final score there, 3-2. to two. The Buffalo Sabres defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall 3-2 to the Buffalo Sabres. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMZ, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no Golden Knights worse for wear after this game, and hopefully for Vegas they can get a little bit closer to health over the next coming uh, home games, the next two, I- ideally, if, if Vegas is able to get some guys back into the lineup, that would be fantastic. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. And for the Golden Knights, it was uh, a second period that did them in, as has been the theme so far this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, minus 11 in the middle frame. The Buffalo Sabres absolutely go to town on the Vegas Golden Knights, taking advantage of their mistakes. And while Vegas pushed furiously in the third period they come up just one goal short golden knights are next in action on wednesday seven o'clock against the arizona coyotes that's going to do it for us here on the triple a insurance postgame show extended postgame show is next presented by dollar loan center this is the vegas golden knights radio network thanks for listening to the vegas golden knights radio network postgame show presented by triple a insurance our local coverage continues next with game highlights interviews and your phone call at 702-876-1340 this is the vegas golden knights radio network it's the extended vegas golden knights postgame show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 3-2 to two the final. The Buffalo Sabres defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas now 8-9 and nine on home ice. 8-9 at T-Mobile Arena, one game below 500 at home. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Bruce Cassidy was looking for a more patient game, at least to start. I think that the Golden Knights were certainly patient in the first period, but not without chances. Vegas had plenty of chances to break the game open in the first period, specifically on a couple of power play opportunities. I, I thought for the Golden Knights, you have an opportunity on the power play early in a game to break it open. And the chances were there. They're, as Bruce Cassidy mentioned, they're just off net, right? Like, you have a great chance for William Carlson. He misses an open net. And if you're going to have those issues where you're not able to force the goaltender into making a save, it's going to be really hard to score. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, uh, first of all, an apology to uh, Chris Chapman because I've learned over 46 years of doing sports talk that you don't tick off the guy that spins the dials and answers the phone. And I did evoke his name when uh, Darren and I were going at it earlier today. But uh, in response to what Darren was saying, I just i am going to stick with the fact that if shooting techniques improve, so will our home record. And I'm not complaining about the season. It's been a way, way better season so far than I dreamed of. But when you can't make a shot, and on a breakaway, on a penalty shot, things like that, when you miss those shots, it comes back to haunt you. And that's all, that's all I have to say about it, but I think shooting technique has something to do with this streak that we're on right now. Do you think so or not? I mean, they're not converting. 
right? Like you, you, you look at tonight's game, and tonight's game to me was the the greatest example of of not hitting the net, and and it's been different at different times. But um, for the Golden Knights tonight, I mean, if you get the Carlson wide open net to go, that's a goal on the board, right? If yep. you have a different look from Riley Smith on on a breakaway opportunity, you're talking about a different uh, a different look. Mark Stone just misses it. It's a great save from Ukapekalukanen. But like, would you have rather? And and this is more philosophical. And I, I know your answer here. I know mm-hmm. you're upset that Mark Stone shot that puck. But that's what Mark Stone does. Like, would you rather him try to make a move and lose the puck into the corner and not make the goalie make a save at all? No, what I'd rather have, and I tried to explain this, but there's not really enough time uh, to to really flesh out what I want to say. What I'd rather have is for everyone to work on their shooting technique. I don't care who they are. I, do you do you think they're not? Oh, like, I think le- they do, are. do you legitimately believe that professional athletes in this setting are not working on their shooting technique? Oh, I know they are. I see it. I see it myself. The problem here is that when you're as good as Jace Thompson, and we don't have anyone except Jack Eichel who is, look at the move he made. My goodness gracious. That, we don't that have a wasn't, single golden yeah, knight that does that except that wasn't, for Eichel. That wasn't shooting technique. That was just just outweighing coverage is what it was. I mean, Tage Thompson scored the goal not because he has a wicked release. He does have that for sure, but he waited and waited and waited. And, and part of the issue there was that, no one covered on him, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you are going to be that patient in the offensive zone, if you have an opportunity for Mark Stone where he's not getting swarmed by coverage, he'll be able to wait an extra beat to put the puck in the back of the net. That's just a smart goal from Tage Thompson. It's not necessarily the shooting technique. I get what you're trying to say, but you know the fact of the matter is, I, I think the Golden Knights had plenty of opportunities. They missed the net, and sometimes you're going to go through stretches where you miss the net. Sometimes you're going to go through stretches where you're going to shoot the puck six feet wide. It's going to bounce off someone's skate and go in. That's mm-hmm. what hockey is. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what hockey is. It's just that it's happening more often to the BGK at home than it should be, and we all know that. That's rehashing yeah, I mean, it, the obvious beating a dead horse. Sure. The, and Can you explain the difference? I see it all the time, and I keep forgetting to ask you. Difference between shots on goal and chances. What is a chance? I mean, a chance is is more or less it, it it is attached to a shot on goal, but there are there are opportunities that don't actually result in a shot on goal. So a high danger chance could be something that you know it's a it's a pass into the slot that either gets blocked or it's a shot that ends up going wide. So you can have missed shots and block shots counter or, or, or factor in to your chances and your high danger chances, but it's not always the case. Usually it, it does end up uh, with an actual shot on goal. Thanks, Mike, for the call. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm good. So uh, Darren said he would be listening, and uh, I sure hope that he is ready for Rita's wrath because he's uh, he's bringing it. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Darren is not listening. I can actually watch Darren right or see Darren right now. Uh, he just got done on TV, so he's still uh, packing up. I think it's going to be a slow walk to the car for Darren Millard. That's all I got to say. Oh well, you know he needs he needs to watch out because he keeps uh, keeps saying things and and jinxing it. You know, I know you don't believe in jinxes, but Darren seems to keep pushing the line on it. 
Listen, it, I, you know, I, you're, you're well, right. I don't believe in jinxes, but at the same time, like some somewhat dealing in realism versus uh, optimism is, is a good thing for me. So I, I steer clear of jinxing too much stuff for people. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like at this point we need to put in a petition to remove the second period. I don't want to play two periods of hockey. I want the first period and I want the third period. But if we could just, <laughs> like, get some kind of black hole to take the second period out of the game, it's really what's killing the team. It's, it's hard, and I, I think that hopefully soon, hopefully very soon, we'll get Jack Eichel back, and I think that that would help a lot. And just the longer that we have our defensemen that we have available are able to work together more um, should help improve too. You know, it, it's, it's been a rough patch, but at yeah. the same time, you look at the standing, BGK second overall in the league. Like, right. You can't, can't look at everything under a microscope and with such a narrow view. You have to remember there's a bigger picture and we're working for, you know, April, May, not tomorrow. Yeah, you know what? That's a, a great point, Stephanie. Thank you for the call. Um, you know, I, second periods continue to be kind of a, an issue for Vegas. And, like, like on the whole – I don't really view the second period as, as a terrible period for Vegas. It wasn't one of those periods where they spent the entire 20 minutes defending and it just felt like it was going to continue to snowball. The Buffalo Sabres are just incredibly opportunistic. They made a couple of plays on some bad decisions from the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's a, that ends up being the difference in the game tonight. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's, out to, let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? Good, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. So the thing I wanted to talk about is how almost thoroughly unimpressed I've been with some of the veteran talent on the Golden Knights as of right now. I, I think it's I think it's easy to see how the Golden Knights are in first place and they're in first place place by so many points. But if we're if we're looking at it and we're looking at the whole picture and we looked at a team that started out thirteen and three, fourteen and three, whatever it was, and we see where we're at now with now a losing record at home. One, I don't know when the last time the Golden Knights have had a losing record at home this late in the in their season, if anything, if in at any point. But I, I look at I look at guys like Eichel that have a plus minus of seventeen, and it shows me like he's the only one that can do anything. And then and then you have guys that Mark like Mark Stone who has a two on or really a two on O tonight, and he's in the corner and has a wide open shot and passes it back on the boards. There was a lot of frustrating moments that I think looking at where this team is going and if they want to make a legitimate playoff run, I think somebody like Mark Stone could show a lot of value in a, in a trade market at the break with a lot of talent. Uh, you're, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're suggesting that the Golden Knights trade Mark Stone? I am, yes. With a, with a full no-move clause. And Jack Eichel hurt and Paul Cotter hurt. You want to you want to trade your best offensive player that you have in the lineup right now? Well, I'm again. I'm not saying right now, but I'm saying overall. I think there's a lot of talent, especially speed talent, that you could pair up, like a guy like Ryan O'Reilly or or, or Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi from Detroit that can add speed to that or those early lines. Because if you look at if you look at that line with Thompson and Tage Thompson and Tuck tonight, it they by far got outmatched because of speed. 
especially behind the net. I mean, like I, I think that the, the Tage Thompson and, and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner line certainly had some looks, but go back and re- rewatch the game, Blake, because you'll see a, a plenty of, of really good quality scoring chances for the Vegas Golden Knights, a lot of them created by Ch- Chandler Stevenson and, and Mark Stone. I mean, you know, those two guys in the third period alone probably could have had three or four goals between them. Puck's not going in. Sometimes in hockey, the puck just doesn't go in. Like, it, it just is what it is. The Golden Knights, when they went 13-3, and three, got a lot of bounces. Pucks found the back of the net. And I, I don't agree with you in that you think there's not enough speed with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Chandler Stevenson's one of the fastest skaters in the league, and if Jack Eichel were healthy, Jack Eichel plays at the same pace and the same speed as Chandler Stevenson. I, I don't understand, legitimately don't understand, when a team is struggling to score and you're looking at a player that's sitting around 26, 27 points in Mark Stone, why you would throw out the idea of making that trade. So, so how, does it help you, how does it help you now? Again, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at this from a whole perspective of how fast this team started to where so, they are now. Right, so, so it, what was it, the major it, it, difference, it, Blake? What was the major difference between where the Golden Knights were at the beginning of the year versus what's happening right now? What's the main difference? Seeing, we're seeing the same thing we saw last year, Ryan, with all the injuries. Right. Injuries happen. They're a part of the thing. They're a part of a, of a hockey season. But you can't throw out everything the Golden Knights did when they were healthy and say that when they're not healthy, they're not going to get back there. You can't sit here and tell me that a team that went 13-3 and with Jack Eichel healthy can't get back there when Jack is healthy. All I know is this looks like the same story is being rewritten from last year with just a few more points than what we had from at the New Year's break last year. Okay, that, that's fine, Blake. Thanks for the call. Um, I just, I'm not really sure I'm on board with that level of thinking, right? Like, again, we're, we're all sitting here looking at a Golden Knights team that went 13-3, and first five and a half weeks of the season, no injuries whatsoever. And now we're looking at what happened last year with injuries. And you can't control that. Like, you can't control this. It happens. Sometimes it does. You're going to go through ebbs and flows in a season. Guys are going to be hot, and then they're going to be cold. Guys are going to hit the net. Sometimes they're not. I just don't understand this idea that when a team is going through struggles because of injury and you're seeing that they're just not able to get any type of consistency with their lineup, they've got a double and triple team, their their top horses in the third period because they've got to find a way to come back. Like, just discounting what the team was able to do when they were healthy blows my mind. And, like, that, we immediately go to this idea of, eh, trade somebody. Trade somebody. Like, why are we going there? Mark Stone's the captain of this team. Besides the fact that he's got a full no-move clause, he's the captain of this team creating opportunities, creating looks. I get it. He had a breakaway. He didn't score. Riley Smith didn't score on a breakaway. Jonathan Marcheseau didn't score on a penalty shot. Every time someone doesn't score with an opportunity, we're just going to trade him away? What is that mindset? I don't understand it. And the best thing about all of this is that we're talking about a team that's second overall in the NHL. I know it's rough right now on home ice. I know it's been tough. I get it. But that's what happens over the course of an 82-game season in hockey. Sometimes the bounces go your way. Right now, the Golden Knights, it's not going their way. Bruce Cassidy talked about needing a couple more saves. 
You certainly can use a couple more saves. You certainly can use a couple of more goals finishing in certain opportunities. But we're still talking about a team that's 22-11-1. Look out on the landscape of the NHL and ask yourself how many fan bases right now would take 22-11-1. Quite a few of them. We're back with more calls next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended post game show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 3-2 the final. The Buffalo Sabres defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, I did have two points, but after your last call, I now have three. <laughs> uh, first thing, I know it's a question as old as time, but why the hell won't the NHL let us choose if we get a penalty shot to take a two-minute power play instead. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish that there were an option, right? Like, if I were the Golden Knights in that spot, I mean, listen, you're running out of time in the third period. I, I think you're, you're less inclined to go with a power play because you, you think you can get one, especially since it's Jonathan Marcheseau who gets the opportunity. Marcheseau's really good in those spots, but... Um, yeah, it, it would be great if you had an option there. Okay, second of all, if they even thought about trading Stone, I'd throw a fit. I mean, how ridiculous. I mean, the, everybody says, every commentator, when they talk about Mark Stone, they talk about how he's a wonderful 200-foot player. Mm-hmm, I yeah. mean, he does everything. So that's that. Third of all, this is all Darren's fault. Please make him stop. <laughs> Rita, if I could make Darren stop, don't you think I would have by now? Well, okay, that's Chapman then. <laughs> oh, perfect, Rita. Thank you for the call. Um, I, I, I got nothing. Listen, Darren Millard pointed out that the Buffalo Sabres – uh, this was on the VGK Insider Show earlier today. But Darren Millard pe- mentioned that uh, Buffalo has never come out of T-Mobile Arena with a win. and Or that the Golden Knights have always found a way to get points out of a game against Buffalo here at T-Mobile Arena. And that uh, didn't come to be tonight. So, uh, oh boy. Darren, Rita's not happy with you. I think we should open up the phone lines for Rita tomorrow so she can take it up with you, and I don't have to be the middleman. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the Buffalo Sabres, 3-2, the final score from T-Mobile Arena. And for the Golden Knights, it was another game where – Things get away from them in the third period, in the second period, and like, I don't think it was a, a, a textbook top to bottom bad period for Vegas. Certainly had some chances, certainly had some looks, but the Buffalo Sabers were more advantageous. They were opportunistic. They finished. They were on net. And the Golden Knights weren't. Then in the in the third period, you get a furious comeback. You have a furious push. Twenty three to five. The shots on goal in the third period from the Vegas Golden Knights, but. They come up just one goal short, and now you look to regroup on Wednesday against the Arizona Coyotes. Still time for the Golden Knights before the Christmas break to get over 500 on home ice. And then from there, when the schedule lightens up a little bit, I think that you can get a bit of a breather, a little bit more practice time, and maybe just maybe the Golden Knights can turn things around 
on home ice. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson for making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. Yes, all of you and all of your thoughts, all of your opinions. It's your post-game show. Not as much fun for me without you. Until Wednesday night, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.